keep adding on to this family. We're going to have to add on to this church up here, the platform. I was going to slip right in there. I said, Bill, I said, I might just join in with you here. And he said, come on. I said, I'm too ugly. He goes, no, you're not. I love Bill. (laughs) Amen. I'm glad he's blind. Amen. All righty. Well, thank the Lord for God's love. It'll have to do with it. goes along with the message this morning, too. Uh, unspeakable, unsearchable, unchangeable. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, thank you again for this time. Lord, bless and help me now as I preach, and Lord, help us all to focus our attention upon the Word of God, and uh, we'll thank you for what you're going to do now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I uh, think of that word, one word that really uh, gets gets me is that unspeakable. Uh, I begin to think about that brought me into thinking about the other two words uh, unsearchable and unchangeable I guess it was the un that kind of gave it away there but uh, I began to think a little bit about it and we I looked in the word of God and I find the word unspeakable is found three times in the word of God not a lot of times but it doesn't have to be said a lot of times for it to be true and uh, but I, I I found there in in the second Corinthians we just we just read there uh, in in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 15, uh, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gifts. 2 Corinthians 12, 4 says how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. 1 Peter 1, 8 says, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, na- uh, whom thou, uh, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice. And here was the song, first song that we sang, with joy unspeakable and full of glory and then the other word was unsearchable and that word unsearchable is found five times in the bible i'll read those verses to you won't turn to them but job 5 9 says which doeth great things in unsearchable marvelous things without number psalm 145 verse 3 says great is the lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable Proverbs 25 and verse number 3 says this, The heaven for height and the earth for depth and the heart of kings is unsearchable. Romans 11:33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Ephesians 3, 8, for the fifth time in the Bible, it says, Unto me, whom am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then I come to that word unchangeable. Unchangeable. It's only found one time in the Bible, but like I said, it doesn't have to be more than one time for it to be true. And the Bible says in Hebrews 7, 24, But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. All these words have to do with our God. I'm glad that he is unspeakable about him and unsearchable and unchangeable. I'm glad he's that way. Those are uh, very important things. And it's not only about the Lord, but about the gospel too. I'm glad the gospel is, 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 is knowable. And yet it is so great, and I'm glad that the gospel can reach anybody. I'm glad that God, God for, for God so loved the world. That means every person, red, yellow, black, and white, doesn't matter what country they're from, I believe that God loves them. And I, when I think about God's love, I think of these words here even. And so this morning, I'd like to talk to you about these three words, unspeakable, unsearchable, and unchangeable. 
And so the first word to come to there is, is, is the word unspeakable. And it makes me think about, when I think about unspeakable, I think about salvation. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, how wonderful it is to be saved, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean just to know that you're going to heaven. You know, I, 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 you've heard me say in my testimony, I grew up in church, but I didn't get saved until I was 17. I enjoyed the Christian life even though I was not saved because it's a good life. But how much better it was when I got saved. And, I've really, and, and, and also, not, not just the life, but of knowing where I was going. You know, one of the miserable things today that many people have in their life is not knowing. And you may be sitting in church like I sat in church for years. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm probably going to go to heaven because I, I talked with Grandpa one day. I'll probably go to heaven because I've always been in church and, and I don't go out and drink and take drugs and, and, and smoke cigarettes. And I, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't cuss. I, don't, I, I go to church. But that always when I lay down at night, I, I was so worried if I would die that I'd go to hell. I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to go to hell. Nobody in their right mind wants to go to hell. I've had people tell me they did. I remember a man one day told me, he says, I'm, I want to go to hell. I said, why? So my friends are there. He said, what we're going to do, we're going to party when I get there. I told him, I said, you know what? Your friends may be there, but there'll be no party in hell. It'll be an awful, terrible thing. But how wonderful it is to know that we're going to heaven, to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night, to know that if something would happen in the night, that you would be with the Lord. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I rise, I pray the rest of that there. What happens? The Lord will take care of us. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I prayed. But I mean that prayer already. But, you know, I mean, think about this. You know, we used to pray that little prayer. Lord, you know, you take care of me if I die. Because a lot of times at night you have those thoughts. When you lay your head on your pillow, those thoughts about, you know, about a lot of things. But mine always kind of went to this thing. What if you died? What if the house burnt down? That was the thing that bothered me so much. What if what the house caught on fire? And the fact of the matter, you said, well, you shouldn't worry about it. But you're not saved. You ought to worry enough about it to get saved. Right. Now, I'll be honest with you. I still don't want the house to burn down. But I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. John R. Rice, when a man threatened his life, he says, you can't, you can't scare me with heaven. That's knowing you're going to heaven, knowing where you're going. I know many times, you know, and I, I to think of that salvation, I can say this, it's unspeakable salvation. Uh, many today are afraid to die. I'm one of them. You say, you're afraid to die? I thought you just said you're saved. I'm, I'm not afraid of going to heaven. I'm afraid of dying. I don't want to stop breathing. I, I, want, I want the trumpet to sound. You know, I don't want to go through the process. I know you know, you may, some of you are looking at me like I'm really nuts. But that's beside the point, amen? But, uh, you know, so, well, you, you know, not be afraid to die. I don't want to go through the process of dying. I, want to, I don't want to lay there while everybody gathers around me to watch me take my last breath. I don't want to go through the process. I don't want the doctor to say, you only have a few more minutes to live. I don't want him to stand there and say, there's no hope. Let me tell you something, doctor. I have hope, but here's the thing. I'm thinking about my life right now. I don't want to go through that, that, that valley of the shadow of death. But I know this, if I go through that valley of the shadow of death, in a valley you come out the other side. 
And I know that if I go through death, if you go through death, yes, we may have to go through it. But the thing is, we could end up in heaven, thank the Lord. But I don't want to die. I don't want to go through that process of it. You know, I, I, I want to I choose how I get to heaven. Amen. I wish the Lord would, would just all have, send us all paper and say, all right, Mark 1, you get to heaven, die or rapture? How many of you for the dying part? Raise your hand. None of us. How many for the rapture? Some of you are like, you have no clue what I'm talking about already. What happens? So I'm looking for the rapture. I want the Lord. If I, if, if I had my wants on it, I would say, Lord, I, I want to live as long as I can to serve you. But when that time comes that we're going to heaven, I, I, I want you to come. I want the trumpet to sound. I want to rise up, drop this robe of flesh, get a new body. I want to be with God's people. I mean, what a great time it would be if we all rose together. Oh, man, I have to say this. It's unspeakable salvation. I've flown in airplanes before, and I love to fly. I don't like to climb ladders. They're too high. But I'll fly in a plane. I'll get in a plane. I'll be fine. I love the window seat. I love to look out the window and watch everything. You know, if the wing falls off, I want to see it. (laughs) But I I love to fly in an airplane. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. When we went to Hawaii some years ago, oh, I loved Hawaii. It was beautiful. The breeze blew in my hair. It felt so good. You know, I walked out there. I got, I got suntan on my ankles. It was beautiful. But I remember going out there. It was exciting getting on that plane and going across the uh, Pacific Ocean. And it wasn't much to see. It was ocean, you know. And, and we just flew over there. It was, that was, it was still going away. But I'll be honest with you. On the way home, it wasn't so thrilling we were leaving 75-degree weather to come back where it was snowing. That's not good. And we got on an airplane, and it was, we left in the evening, late in the evening when we left. It's what they call, I guess, the red eye. We got on the plane, big, long plane. And I look at the number on my ticket, and it's down there at the other end of that football field. And we kept walking back. You know what airplanes do as you get back? They get narrower. The plane gets narrower, but I never got narrower. So we walked back there, and we got in there and looked, and my seat was in, it was in, there was, was there three or four seats there? Three, and that was in the middle? You were in the middle. I was up against the wall. My wife's in the middle, and there's a guy on the other side of her in this plane that's like this. And we've got to fly all the way across that stinking ocean. And it's late. And the people in front of us pushed the button. <laughs> They're laying in our laps. I'll be honest with you, it was the longest ride of my life. I did not enjoy it. But I'm kind of like Dorothy. There's no place like home. Amen. Click my heels. I want to get there. But I, I think about, you know, when I did not enjoy the ride back from Hawaii, but I sure enjoyed coming home. The same thing happened in Alaska. When I was left Alaska, I flew to, from, uh, uh, from there to uh, San Francisco. A little scary, but I flew to San Francisco. I didn't want to get off the plane. And, and I, got to, I was in the back again, right in front of the rear bathroom. I was in a center seat between two men. And everybody was lined up for the bathroom. It was like claustrophobia at the max right there. 
but I was going home. I didn't enjoy the trip. I'm telling you what, when I landed here in Martinsburg and I saw that lady there, I was one happy critter. I'm telling you right now. I mean, Alaska was beautiful, but I'm telling you what, my wife was more beautiful to me than Alaska was. Well, that ought to be some extra brownie points there, don't you think? <laughs> I didn't enjoy the trip. I don't enjoy thinking about having to die someday. But I can sure enjoy the fact of thinking where I'm going. And I pray the Lord will allow it to be that rapture. Death doesn't seem fun, but the result is heaven. And my vote's for the rapture. But this thing for sure. I know where I'm going. I went to that little airport up here in Martinsburg with that ticket to Alaska. They said, well, sir, where are you going? I mean, I'm in Martinsburg. I said, I'm going to Alaska. You're going to Alaska? Where are you going up there? You know, I was like, what? You know what? I had my ticket. There was no doubt in my mind I was going to Alaska. They were kind of wondering what's going on, especially when you show up at an airport with guns. That is not always the easiest thing to do in the world. Uh, but 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 he's but he uh, you know they're like where are we? I have my ticket. I said I'm going. They said well you can't bring these these guns on. The, I said but I have to check them. They said you can't do it this way. I said I was here. They said this is what I'm supposed to do. They were giving me a problem, but I had my ticket. And he loaded that up and loaded me on the plane, and I got there because I got my ticket. Let me tell you something this morning, folks. I've got my ticket to heaven. It was it was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I know if I die right now, if my heart would stop and, 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 and I would fall over dead right now, I know I want you to cry just a little bit, but I want you also to say this. Well, guess what? He's in heaven right now. Oh, you have to go to the funeral home and they'll have to make me pretty, you know, put some paint on my face and dress me all up and put me in a box. But I'll tell you what, I've already gone to heaven. Thank the Lord I know where I'm going. Isn't it good? Oh, by the way, it's unspeakable. You just can't hardly, can't, hardly, uh, can't hardly say anything about it, how wonderful it is to know that you're saved. And, and uh, I feel so bad for so many folks today that are working their way, trying to make it the, to heaven by doing the best that they possibly can. I know this. I believe that every night they lay their head on the pillow. They say, well, I hope I did enough. I remember Mark and I talking to a Mennonite man up here, and he says, well, I think I'm going. We're trying to do the right things. And he stood there, and he says, I hope I'm doing the right things. Let me tell you something. It's not a hope so. It's a no so salvation. It's unspeakable. You ever get something you just don't know what to say? Anniversary Sunday night. Standing up here and I'm praying. I don't understand why you folks move around while I'm praying sometimes. I'm praying, and I hear rustling around, but I ain't going to pee because I'm going to close my eyes like I tell everybody else to. And all of a sudden, I say, man, I look, and there's roses, and there's people, and there's a placard. I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? And you all remember, remember that? I stood back here, and I go, Pastor, this. And I said, open that up, and I open it up. The word unspeakable was there you all saw what happened I mean how many times am I without words I mean usually I won't shut up but that night I had no words since I just come I, I I heard my wife she saw what was happening there and before I did and all of a sudden she goes oh 
I'm thinking, you know, what in the world are they giving her, you know, like a a, a coupon for a new husband or something? You know, what's happening here? It was unspeakable. I I think I remember saying this. I don't know what to say. I do remember this when we went downstairs and we had refreshments. I kept walking around saying, I don't know what to say. Unspeakable. Let me tell you something. I got something better than that. On August 11, 1971, when I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me, I got an eternal home in heaven with the Lord. It's unspeakable, unspeakable joy, unspeakable salvation. It's unspeakable about the beauty of heaven. That joy that comes from heaven is unspeakable. Ah, thank the Lord for that wonderful, wonderful, unspeakable joy. Here's the thing. You won't understand what I'm talking about unless you know what I'm talking about. Knowing you're saved. You know, lost people don't understand it. You know, I go to a door, so what, and I knock, and I think, you know, man, if you just had what I have, if you just had salvation, you understand. You're there talking to them, and it's like, no, not right now. I'm thinking, you're missing something. Well, you know, I'm really busy, but I have something that I can tell you about that will give you joy beyond words. You don't understand it, world, unless you have it. This morning, you can understand it if you know you're saved. But, you know, even if you're sitting here, you say, Preacher, I go along with everything, and I just kind of, I'm doing the best I can. And I'll tell you what, you're missing something today if you don't know you're saved. Unspeakable, but also unsearchable. I think about when I think of the word unsearchable, I think about the word of God. Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You know, this word of God is unsearchable. Now, that doesn't mean you can't find anything in it. Now, I'll be honest, sometimes it's hard to find some books maybe or places in the Bible, a verse that you remember. I have that sometimes. I think about this verse, where's that at? And on my computer, I can go there and I, have a, I can type in a few of the words and it'll show me where those words are found in, the, in, a, in verses in the Bible. And I can find that. But when I talk about the, the word of God being unsearchable, it makes me think of the story. My preacher said one day, a, a young fellow came to him and said, you know, God's called me to preach. And he says, but I have one fear. And he said, what was that fear? He said, what do I do when I preach all of the Bible? <laughs> preacher said, Just keep preaching because you'll never preach at all. You say, what do you mean? Because it's unsearchable. It's just always more. Always more. I I, I use the illustration of a sponge in water. You take that sponge, you dip it down that water, sucks up all the water, and what do you do? You wring it out. Wring it out there. Is it still wet? And you know what you're doing? You go, man, it's still got a little bit too much water. You wring it again, and more water comes out. And then you wring it again, and you just keep wringing it. Now, it will come to an end where you won't get any out, but I think it'll still be wet. But you know what? In the Word of God, you can wring it and wring it and wring it, and you'll always get something more out of it. It's unsearchable. It's unsearchable. I think, you know, we're just not going to get to the place where, well, we've, we've preached it all. We've studied it all. It just, you just keep squeezing the Bible and you get more and more out of it. 
I was thinking about, the, as I was working on this and also Wednesday night's message last week, we were talking about the Apostle Paul and how that uh, uh, really hit me about something that he had. That, uh, that I, 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 I've, I've read that, I've studied, you know, First uh, Corinthians before, but you know, I, I came to this and, it, and it, it was one of those things, it was, it was like one of those, after squeezing and squeezing, I got something else, and that was the desire that the Apostle Paul had. Remember I talked about that Wednesday night. And I said about, I'm so glad I have a desire to preach the word of God. Not that I have to preach it, but a desire to do so. I have a desire to serve God. Not that I have to, but because I want to. What a wonderful thing it is to have a desire to do what God wants you to do. This morning, you know, you came to church and, you know, you may have aches and pains. You know, that happens a lot. And yet, what happened? We, we have plenty of excuses, but there's a desire. I want to be there. I thank the Lord for the desire, and that's what I was talking about. The Apostle Paul, you said about that desire, and I thought, you know what? I've read those verses before, and I never really thought about it. I thought about all the other things he was talking about, but it was like all of a sudden something else, a little bit extra there that, that caught my attention of that desire, and I thought, you know, that's exactly what this is all about. It's unsearchable. How many times you read your Bible and you go, you know, I, I, I never noticed this before. Has it ever happened to you? It was always there. But you read it or someone preaches on it and you go, man, I never thought about it that way. The word of God is unsearchable. <laughs> A little song we used to sing. I think we did it in Bible school before too, but I remember back home, it's called Get the New Look from the Old Book. Get the New Look from the Bible. Get the New Look from the Old Book. Get the New Look from God's Word. The inward look, the outward look, the upward look from the Old, Old Book. Get the New Look from the Old Book. Get the New Look from God's Word. All right. Thank you very much. Throw money, please. Now, get your Bibles. We're going to sing it together this time. We'll, we'll do it. We'll use our Bible, and then we'll in and out. Now, you got to do it. If you don't, I'm going to bring you up here and make you do it by yourself. All right, ready? Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from the Bible. Get the new look from the old book. Get the new look from God's Word. The inward look, the outward look, the upward look from the old, old book. Get the new look. From the old book, get the new look. From God's word, faster! No, we won't do that. That's what we do in Bible school. We get it going really fast. But hey, you know, it's a little silly song maybe to sing, but it's not silly because you get the new look from the old book. People today are saying, we want the new look from a new book. You don't get the new look from a new book. You get the new look from the good book, the old book. So King James, amen. Oh, my. It's unsearchable. We're never going to soak it all in, but we ought to work on it, soaking it in. And you'll never find the end of the truth that is here in this book. It truly is unsearchable. And so it's unspeakable salvation, unsearchable Bible. And the last point is this, it's unchangeable. It's unchangeable. Boy, I'm glad for that. I don't like change very much, do you? Now, I, I change my clothes every so often, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't like 
change. I, 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 we, for 40 years, we've had service. We come in, the choir sings, and then I announce the, the, the song, and then we sing. It's, it's the same thing for 40 years around here. Now, if all of a sudden we switched around, I wouldn't know what to do. In fact, if we have special service, I get mixed up because we do stuff the same all the time. I don't like change. You know what really bothers me is changing what we believe. I'm going to guarantee you this. We still believe what we did 40 years ago. Made sure of that. Did sure when we sat down in that, in that house there on Reservoir Road and we sat there and we began to talk about what was going to happen. And we were looking about, we didn't even know what the name of the church would be. I think we went to the sore of the Lord and we began looking through names of churches. And I said, hey, I like that name, Heritage. And we came up with, with, a, with a verse for that about the heritage and to have a goodly heritage. And I, and I thought, boy, that'd be a great name. And then we sat down and we, we wrote down our, our doctrinal statement. We worked on that. We said, this is what we believe. This is what our church is going to teach. I have, I have for all these 40 years saying, Lord, please help us stay on track. May we never change. I'll tell you when we're going to change when the book changes it's not changing it's the same thank the Lord and the Bible says and let me give you a verse for this one unchangeable Hebrews seven twenty four. but this man because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood you say well who is it talking about the priesthood of Jesus Jesus never changes Ready for another song? Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. (laughs) Well, you're all good. You all joined the choir. There, There you go. Got them all now. You can all sit up, get stand up here and sing to an empty church. I'm glad he never changes. You know, sometimes I'm moody. Are you ever that way? Ladies, we know you are, but us men are too. We blame you all the time for it. No, don't. I heard, you, I heard some of you ladies go. You know that sound? That means they're ticked off. But I'm going to be honest with you, us men are that way sometimes too, aren't we? Yeah. Are we having this again? I thought you liked this. Well, I know. I'm, I'm that way sometimes. My wife says, do you want, you want regular French fries or, or what's the other ones? Sweet potato fries. I go, regular ones. She goes, you always want sweet potato fries. As if it's against the law to change your mind. She goes, but you like that? I know I do, but I like, I want these now. So we call Edgar Snyder and try to talk to a lawyer about it, see what we should do. The whole situation. I change. Sometimes I feel like doing something. Sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes, oh, no, that's, I don't know where I got that one. What happens? I, sometimes I, I feel different, different times. All of us do that. But the Lord never changes. He's always the same. He always, can I say this? He always feels fine. Because he's always good. Boy. I thank the Lord that he's unchangeable. 
One of the dis- biggest disappointments I think that I see these days is preachers changing. I'm talking men that I used to have some confidence in. I don't have confidence in them anymore. They changed. They caved in to the whims of the world, not willing to take the old paths anymore. Churches that used to have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, now just have Sunday morning. Now we see the trend of going where they're trying. And I, I mean, there's some good guys do it, but some of them will have Sunday morning and they'll skip Sunday school and have Sunday morning and then a, a meal and then afternoon service after that and then nothing in the evening. And, and I understand you're going two times really don't matter that much, but here's the thing. You know what? The other day a man said to me, he says, oh, so-and-so, I don't think they have church anymore on Sunday night. I said, oh, yeah, they do. He goes, no, no, I went by Sunday night on my way to church and nobody was there. And then I realized I knew why. They had an early service. Now, is it wrong to have an early service? No. But here's the thing. How many people drove by and noticed what that guy did and thought they changed? We're going to have services Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Because I, I think about this. When people drive by, they may not like us. They may not want anything to do with it. But they'll say, hey, you know what? They're still having Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night church. Don't like change. And God doesn't change. And may I say this? My salvation is unchangeable. (laughs) I'm saved today. I will be saved tomorrow. You say, boy, you're you're, you're, you're presumptuous. I don't even know what that word means. No, I'm not presumptuous. You know what I am? I'm sure. I'm sure that salvation that never changes. God said that I have, listen to it, eternal life. Last time I checked, eternal means forever. So I have eternal life, not temporary life. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow lost. I've been saved eternally. It's unchangeable. I'm not saved one moment, then lose it the next. You see, here's the thing. Truth never changes. I said one of the things that bothers me so much is preachers changing. But you know what's, what's a good close second? And this comes because preachers changing. God's people changing. People used to believe the right things. And I said, well, you know, I watched this woman on TV and she's preaching really good. First mistake. Well, I watched this guy. He had a beautiful perm in his hair and he was really good. He had a southern accent. Made me feel good. Let me tell you what, perms in your hair and a southern accent ain't the truth. Amen. Now, somebody right now going, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know you do. But what happened? God's people are changing. You know, one of the biggest things with the uh, Chinese virus, coronavirus, a lot of people changed in that time. Said, so we'll just stay home. Hebrews still says, not forsaking, this help, uh, uh, not forsaking yourselves like others. He said, he said we're, we're supposed to be there. Change. Thank the Lord, my salvation is unchangeable. Truth is unchangeable. When I look at America, America has changed. I mean, you think, what, what happened? What, what is it? This is, this is the biggest, big thing of the problem. Do you know our laws changed? 
Now, two men can get married. Two women can get married. Laws changed. You can kill babies legally. Laws changed. You know, I was thinking, that's, that's what the problem is. People are following a different law book. Instead of God's book, some other book, which will bring the changes. You see, if church and God's people will follow this blessed book, they'll not change. But you change the book. You'll change the way you believe. You'll change your walk. You'll change your talk. You'll change everything. And that's what's happening. Like I said, truth never changes. Thy word is truth, the Bible says. We don't need new Bibles. We need to read the old Bible that we have. Amen. So the Bible doesn't need changed and we don't need changed. And I think, you know, why would want people want to change something that's, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm glad today that I have the unspeakable. I understand what that is of, about the Lord. And I know what that means about salvation. It's unspeakable. And it's unsearchable, the word of God. And the truth is unchangeable. Those three words. Seth, I'm glad you picked that song. I think the special music went along with this too. Isn't it amazing how God works? Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, it ought not surprise us that these songs go along with messages. Because it's all based on the same book. Amen. Amen. But it's just so neat to see it happen, isn't it? I'm so thankful today for what I have in the Lord. How about this morning? How about you? Do you know you're saved? I said, preacher, you know, I've been coming to church here. I went to church for 17 years and I was lost. But that day in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when I received Christ, changed everything. I was a new teenage boy. I got back back there, and my grandpa got in the car where he picked me up from when the bus pulled into Hammond. He said, well, how did, how did camp go? And I said, Grandpa, I got saved. My grandfather had big old tears rolled down his face there. He was so happy. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And I said, I'm getting baptized on tomorrow because we got back on Saturday. Tomorrow would have been, think about it, Sunday. I said, I'm getting baptized tomorrow. I was excited because of this wonderful thing that happened, the unspeakable gift of salvation. If you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation, man, don't walk out of here saying, man, I hope so. Don't lay your, pill, your head on the pillow this evening and say, man, I just hope nothing happens. I hope I'll be all right. You're sitting here and saying, man, I just hope I don't have a heart attack. I, I plan someday to get things squared away. Maybe, maybe at the last moment I'll call upon him. How many people fall over and never have a last moment? Be sure you're saved. Be sure you're saved. And thank God for this book. It's unsearchable. Thank God for, 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 for the, the fact that the truth never changes. Huh. 
Three pretty good words, aren't they? For us to think about this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, I, I, I pray that there'd be one person in this room. It could be more than one even, but if there'd be just one person in this room that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. God, I pray that you'll just speak to hearts right now about this. And Lord, I pray that we would just understand what we have in you. May we, may we walk away from here today about thinking about it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you for the Bible. May we clutch it in our hands like never before, realizing how important this book is to us. And then to know the truth never changes. We'll not wake up tomorrow and it'll be different. There'll be not another way to get saved. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you, Lord, you never change. Now, Lord, speak to us now in this invitation time. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you hear this morning, you say, Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. If I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. God spoke to me this morning. Preacher, pray for me. I want to settle that this very morning. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Please be sure. So I'll take a chance. No, 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 don't do that. You might die and go to hell. Be sure you're saved. Can you go back to a time when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Can you go back to that place? You say, Preacher, I don't remember the date. You don't have to remember the date, but you need to remember what you did. You say, Preacher, I don't know. Settle it today. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. Come, let me know. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never been baptized since you've been saved. You come and let me know. We, we could take care of that. Maybe this morning we ought to just say, Lord, I, I want to thank you for the unspeakable, unsearchable, and unchangeable things that I find in you. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. God spoke to your heart. A moment we have the invitation. You need to come. The altar is open. You just take care of whatever business you need to. If you need to talk to me, let me know. Father, thank you for this time. Bless the folks this morning. Speak to us now in this invitation time. May we, may we take this time, not ready, get ready to go home, but Father, we take this time to get some things squared away with you. Maybe just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.